Have you ever been in a romantic relationship with a narcissist or toxic person? It starts off feeling like a dream come true. Before you know it, the fighting and devaluing starts. And slowly but surely, you start to lose who you are. Even if it ends, the echoes of that relationship might still be haunting you to this day. Today, we will do our first episode in the Song Illustration series. This episode will also be a hybrid movie illustration. I will do a deep dive of Taylor Swift's song, All Too Well, 10-minute version, Taylor's version, From the Vault, and its companion, All Too Well, short film, to discuss the cycles of narcissistic abuse and how it is possible for survivors to thrive after dating a narcissist. Hi, I am Raisa, a survivor of narcissistic abuse, and I have complex post-traumatic stress disorder, and you are listening to Hello Trauma Brain, a podcast where I share my experiences living with complex PTSD. My hope is this podcast can help destigmatize mental health and provide support to anyone diagnosed with CPTSD who thinks they might have it or has a loved one with this diagnosis. Quick reminder, I am not a licensed psychologist or mental health care professional. And this podcast is not meant to replace nor substitute the care of psychologists, other mental or medical health care professionals. If you think you might have complex PTSD or PTSD, please reach out to your primary care or mental health care provider. Any individuals and resources mentioned in this episode are not sponsoring Hello Trauma Brain. This episode may reference trauma or abuse, and listener discretion is advised. Remember, you can always pause or skip this episode at any time. And now, let's get back to the episode. Hello, dear survivors, and welcome to this episode of Hello, Trauma Brain. Thank you for joining me today. You might notice some creaking floors during today's episode, and that's because my neighbor is upstairs, and uh, there's a lot of walking around, and that's okay. It's going to be good enough. We're still going to continue with recording this week's episode. Quick check-in. I have had quite the weird week. Recording last week's episode on symptoms of PTSD and complex PTSD, that was triggering for me. And I feel like I spent the rest of the week dealing with some things that I need to figure out. And I'm not quite done (laughs) reflecting and figuring out what I want to do. But I will say that I am very grateful that in my healing journey, I have been able to find fellow survivors and at this point, people that I consider chosen family. And they are very wise souls that when when I'm not seeing things clearly, they're a great sounding board to help me determine what's going on, 
the way we go about it is new for me like I am not used to that type of dynamic where I have people asking me to check in with myself how am I feeling about things like usually in the past I feel like the dynamic would be if I shared something the other person would start just suggesting things right away or maybe dismissing me and it's really refreshing to share something and not get dismissed or minimized or basically thrown like 50,000 things my way that I don't need to hear. So navigating that right now and life will continue. I, I will have that alongside with having to do this week's episode and having to go through this upcoming week, etc. Now today, it's going to be all about Taylor Swift's song, All Too Well including the short film. Before I start, I do want to acknowledge that I am fully aware of the rumors and speculations floating around about who this song might or might not be about. And I have my own speculations too. However, for purposes of this episode, I am not talking about anyone in particular. I'm going to treat this song and this film as a fictional story. And in the credits for the short film, they refer to the characters as her, him, and then her later on. So we're going to stick to that. We're not going to associate any names whatsoever. One thing to note, if you haven't heard the song or you haven't seen the short film, I'm going to be doing a pretty deep dive with spoilers. So if you do want to expose yourself to the content before hearing this episode, by all means, you have the invitation to return back to this episode whenever you are ready to listen to it. I want to begin this deep dive with the short film first, as I think that the things they added to the short film serve as a good base for the discussion of cycles of narcissistic abuse um, as portrayed in this particular example in romantic relationships. Also, I want to make an acknowledgement in this song in the film you know we have a heterosexual portrayal I want to take a moment to recognize that this can happen to any genders I feel like narcissistic abuse doesn't discriminate who you are what you are how do you identify and who you are dating so this can apply to any type of romantic relationships regardless of the gender so if you're ready hold on to your seats or whatever you have around you and let's dive in. The short film begins with a quote from Pablo Neruda and it says, love is so short, forgetting is so long. And if you have been in a narcissistic relationship, I feel like <laughs> that quote sparks a, a particular nerve. It, it, it hits deep for me, at least. Now, this quote is followed by the opening scene. So before we even get into the song itself, there is a scene where him and her are together in bed. And she she tells him, it's like, I, I think I made you up. Like, she can't believe this person is real, the person that she's with. And I feel like that is the beginning of the trauma bond, that super high to the point where the other person almost seems like they're not even human or real or this is actually happening. It feels so magical that you must be dreaming in a way. You kind of have to pinch yourself like, is this person in front of me type of thing? And usually those really extreme highs are followed by extreme lows, as we will see portrayed in the short film. In the short film, 
Taylor breaks it down into different sections. And interestingly so, I'm going to give you my take of what phase of the narcissistic relationship each of those sections represent, in my opinion, of course. And taking into account that, again, I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not an expert in this, but uh, this is this is this humble survivor's opinion or I guess take on the short film. So the first phase is an upstate escape. I think that is the quintessential portrayal of the love bombing stage, the very first stage of a narcissistic relationship. Now in the short film, him and her are going upstate, walking through the woods, and it seems like a magical trip. They're making out pretty much like every two steps into the hike. It almost looks and feels too good to be true. They're so into each other too. And as you see through the film, she keeps going back to those memories of them being in the woods, having this magical time, which is euphoric recall when you start focusing on the good times. And as she is navigating the relationship, the ending of the relationship, and what her life looks after... There is a lot of going back to those first magical days when they were upstate. The next section of the short film is called First Crack in the Glass. That is your stereotypical devaluing face in a narcissistic relationship. It starts with the scene where he, I guess he invites her or he has her over to hang out with him and his friends. And... There is this moment during the interaction. They're basically sitting in this table. So the friends, they're all like gather around and he's saying his jokes and it looks like he's being very charismatic. And I actually saw the behind the scenes and Taylor does say like, be charismatic. So he's definitely being charismatic on purpose. At least it seems like that was the intention of the video anyway. And she tries to hold his hand and he puts it down. He like doesn't accept it. He like puts it down and like taps it on the top, like stay there. The way I interpret it is, you know, you're only here when I need you to be here. Like you don't get to have needs. It's my time. I'm shining. Don't get in the fucking way. And they actually end up having a fight later on when they're doing the dishes after the friends are gone. There is pretty much a, a montage they add in the short film, which to me, it was gas lighting 101. And I have to say, it, I couldn't help but to feel like I was looking in a mirror because I, I've had those fights. I've had those arguments. It felt a little bit too close to home, to be honest. In the short film, you know, she's, she's not talking too much. Uh, she's clearly still upset about what happened um, in the table when, when he put her hand down and how it seems like he didn't even pay attention to her much at all during the evening. He starts poking at her and he's saying things, and I'm going to paraphrase here, Things like, it's ridiculous for her to be pissed off. Like, I don't even know what I did. And the gaslighting starts with him saying something along the lines of, my friends were being nice to you. So he starts making it into an issue of her having a problem with his friends when she has no problem with the friends. And she even says that. It's like, I have no issue with your friends. I have an issue with how you treated me in front of your friends. And she points out how he ignored her. So then he deflects again. And instead of taking responsibility, accountability, and focusing on that issue that she is bringing up, then he goes into the, I don't remember, I did it subconsciously. And there is a part where she goes, you're, you're making me feel stupid. And he says to her, you're making yourself feel that way. 
He even calls her crazy. He says, you're holding me hostage over this thing I can't even remember doing. And it's just that dynamic where, you know, she's trying to bring up something that was hurtful. And he pretty much does anything but acknowledge the hurt he caused. He's first, he says he doesn't remember. Then he calls her crazy. Then, you know, he's implying that she's being ridiculous. He keeps breaking her down. Like nothing she's saying is getting through. And I know that feeling all too well, pun intended. Once he finally wears her down and she like, there's a moment you can see in her face like, nothing I say is going to make a difference. And she just gives up. And you can just see her shatter. He steps in and then starts saying, well, I don't want to fight. And he says, I'm sorry. I didn't count it. I should have counted it. But he says, I'm sorry, a bunch of times in a row. And it's this empty, I'm sorry. Like, it's not followed by... I hurt you, what I did was inappropriate, or anything. He just says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then he goes into, come on, come on, come on. Because the I'm sorry is not actually him apologizing. Like He has no insight into how hurtful his actions and his words were, not only with the friends, but during that fight. And he's just saying, I'm sorry, to kick her off that shattered moan because it's inconveniencing him it's making him feel uncomfortable it's like come on come on come on like get out of it because all he wants is to have it his way and it's not really serving him to have her crying in the kitchen upset about what he said because the moment she starts crying it's probably triggering his shame at least that's what I'm thinking so he can't have that and that dynamic when you break somebody down And then you become the comfort. Now he's putting his arms around her. He's saying all these empty sorries. And he is the one who is soothing and helping her get through the upset. That's from a bond in a fucking nutshell, yo. That I'm going to be the one who hurts you. But I'm also going to be the one who rescues you and who makes you feel better. That's the sound of a bomb going off. Now, another thing he does, there's a scene with a car ride. So basically, he throws the keys on the floor for her to get back into the car. And he's having a full-blown narcissistic rage episode on the phone. Like, he looks really ragey and dysregulated. And you see this poor girl just, like, looking at him like, what in the heck is going on? (sighs) It's just, it's painful. And that's, that's, that's part of that devaluing stage. Like you're getting gaslit. They're starting to show the cracks and they're starting to show the rage and all that magical stuff, you know, that happened in the woods. It's almost like becoming this like foggy memory of something that happened that probably is never going to happen ever again. The short film continues into the next phase, which is the breaking point. And that to me is your discard slash Hoover, narcissistic abuse faces, like all combined into that montage. From what I could pick up from the short film, the breakup was initiated by him. He discarded her and it seemed to be very sudden. She looked pretty taken back, almost like confused. Like, how is this happening? Like, this is playing through the song. So we don't get to hear the dialogue. But in my mind, I'm just imagining her going like, I thought things were going well. Like, what the hell is going on? And... She looks so destroyed by the breakup. At one point, there's a scene where she's 
crying. And by, by crying, I mean like sobbing, destroyed, crying in bed. And he tries to call her. And that to me is like, there's the Hoover. It never fails. And as she is navigating the breakup, she goes to her 21st birthday on her own without him, still missing him, still wanting for him to be a part of that special day, but nothing, right? And one thing that starts happening during that breaking point scene is she starts writing. So that to me is like that representation of starting to heal. It's very slow. She's still crying in the middle of of all this writing, but she is using that tool to begin turning something so ugly and so painful into something that can serve her and other people that can benefit from that can benefit from her writing her story. The next scene in the short film is called The Reeling. And to me, that is a representation of healing after narcissistic abuse and even thriving after narcissistic abuse. In this montage, we see her loss of identity. There are these lyrics that are playing in this saying the time won't move on. And it looks like that toxic heartbreak. It's like this intense breakup. And it really hurts more than your usual breakup. At this point, we fast forward to many years later. And she is reading the book she wrote called All Too Well about what happened. And you actually see him outside of the bookstore wearing a scarf, (laughs) of course, uh, looking at her. And when I saw the behind the scenes, um, Taylor talks about how, you know, when, when you're looking at her later on, you know, she's still not the same person that we met. Uh, she's she's different. She's changed. And that's the thing with these relationships. You don't go back to how you were at the beginning. You You evolve. You turn into a new person. And to me, that writing the book, that being able to share with other people what happened and have them relate and, and have that share healing experience and turning something that was so painful into something that can serve her um, in some way and not from a framework of, oh, it's good that that happened to her. But you know, at this point, what happened happened. Like you can't turn it back and, and erase it, giving it a new meaning so you can start thriving in your life. That's such an important part of the healing process. And to me, that scene when you see her in the bookstore sharing her story is like, she's thriving. She is thriving. I do want to acknowledge that there might be some of you listening who are still in a relationship with a narcissist. And I want to acknowledge you because if you are still in contact with the narcissist or in relationship with them for whatever reason, I want you to know you can still heal, you can still thrive and learn to manage expectations, set boundaries, protect yourself. It's not easy. And I am only focusing on this dynamic of, you know, healing after leaving because that's portrayed in this particular example but if you are still in relationship with them I completely get it no judgment here you know these relationships are so fucking complicated it really isn't simple at all and I I want to take a moment to say you are not helpless if you're still in relationship with them the last thing I want to point out about this short film is uh, a montage of the remembering and that is when we see 
the replaying of those beautiful moments they had, the making out in the woods, the times they were dancing in the kitchen, like all these beautiful moments they had. And that goes back to that euphoric recall. And that's the thing with these relationships. Sometimes they might still echo for years and years on end. And that doesn't mean that you're not over it. It doesn't mean you cannot heal or thrive. It just means that it meant something to you. You actually cared about them. And you set deep roots. And I don't want you to feel shame for that. Being able to love deeply is a beautiful quality. And though a narcissist can take advantage of that, I wouldn't argue that that's something that's wrong with you. If anything, it speaks about them. So change of plan, survivors. This episode turned out a lot longer than the usual. So I have decided to split it into two parts. Part one being what you have heard so far, which is the discussion on the movie or short film. So next week, I will release part two, where I will continue this discussion, but focusing on the lyrics of All Too Well. So I invite you to join me then for part two. And no worries, we are still doing a healing invitation this week, so stay exactly where you are. In this week's healing invitation, I invite you to use a creative form to express yourself about what happened. And all too well, it was portrayed as writing a book, but it can be writing a song, a poem, it can be a journal entry. It could be dancing, putting a song that you love and dancing and just expressing the feelings that you're having come up when you think about that relationship. Or if you have a particular relationship that it's challenging for you right now, like what, what comes out when you think about it? And I invite you to see if you can find a creative form of expressing those feelings. This is not something that you need to publish or share with anyone. It could be something just for you. And of course, if you want to share it with someone please do. But this is more about you starting to think about how you can transform what happened to you into something new. Please let me know how this week's invitation goes if you choose to accept it. Before we wrap up this episode, all music and production is courtesy of yours truly. Also, I want to share a few ways you can support this podcast. You can subscribe and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or the platform you are using to listen. Share this episode with anyone you think can benefit from this content. Follow Hello Trauma Brain on Instagram. Subscribe to the Hello Trauma Brain YouTube channel and hit the notification bell to be the first to know when I post a new episode. And you can make a donation by getting me a coffee through the official bio site. No worries, all links will be provided in the show notes. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you found this episode helpful. I I consider All Too Well kind of like a fall song. The, the look of the video is very fallish and very autumn driven. I wish you the best as you navigate healing from these relationships, taking in what happened, and finding some creative way 
to transform your experience into something new that could potentially begin to serve you and even others. It is time for our farewell affirmations. You are welcome to repeat after me. I am enough. I am lovable. And I deserve to heal. I wish you a gentle week and thank you for listening.